Hello, welcome to Off Curve. I'm Wicked Good, and I'm talking to you about Hearthstone as I am driving around town doing errands. It is uh, Monday, April 12th, I believe. I should know what day it is. That time doesn't matter, right? It is April 12th. Um, I'm actually, I'm actually like sitting in the, the Dairy Queen drive-thru, so if this segment ends abruptly, then um, I apologize. I'm actually throwing my, my uh, one of my cups out. And I'm just going to leave that in because I'm a huge dork, but I completely missed the garbage can. <laughs> I had to pause and get out and go throw it away. So, yay me. Anyway, um, we got Nerf announcements today, and I'm sitting here in the drive-thru. I drove 20 minutes out here and then realized, oh, yeah, I could have been recording a podcast all this time. So, um, yeah, that's what we're doing. <sighs> it's It's been a day, friends. But, um, but I did get to Legend over the weekend. I ended up playing Secret Paladin without Librams, just kind of hit him in the face secret paladin with um crossroads gossipers and the three four who draws you a card when you have when you have a secret and or draws you a minion when you have a secret and and kazakis um it ran ran one ogre mancer i believe it was Hayes's list um i'll have a link to it in the show notes um if you're listening to this before the nurse drop it's pretty good um it's a it's a very fat it's, it's good if you want fast games Right. So, um, and, and I basically went like 17 and seven to get myself from rank three to legend. So I wanted to get there before the nurse came. So I would have time to learn everything. Um, I, if, if for those of you who don't know, I'm going to be casting the dream heart, dream hack community clash regionals at the end of the month. So I kind of need to learn everything that's in the meta and this, this, this meta is not it. <laughs> so I wanted to get myself there as, uh, as quickly as I could. So, um, I, I don't know if this deck is going to be good after the nerfs, and that's what we're going to talk about are the nerfs um, for the rest of the show, because this is kind of an emergency episode. Um, but, you know, as far as getting there, it was pretty good, and the games were fast. So, like, the games that you're going to lose, you, you pretty much know right away, and you can see and you move on. So, if you're looking for something to, to pass the time before nerfs, that's a pretty good option. All right, so, oh, before I forget, um, because I know that some of the listeners are very concerned about my ice cream choices, uh, I got a chocolate chip cookie dough blizzard. So, yes, that was my, uh, my ice cream of choice for the, uh, for the evening. So, um, yeah, so we got, we got this announcement. So we we kind of knew this was coming. Uh, we got a, an announcement of announcement last week that Nurse were going to be coming early this week, and, um, and, and they were going to be targeting Mage and Paladin, so... We finally got the uh, the card changes, and and these aren't none of these are really a surprise, though I have been seeing a fair number of people today thinking saying that they don't think that these nerfs are going to do anything, and I think that these are actually way more impactful than they look. Um, so I'll, I'll talk about that too. But I, I mean, in general, I think that you know the nerfs are not intended, and in general, like not just these, but balance changes aren't intended to like nerf decks from orbit. Usually, they're usually intended just to bring them down to something that's, you know, a commensurate power level with the rest of the meta. And, and I think that these do this, some more than others. Um, so, like, the first one, which is the one that we've all been waiting for, is that Deck of Lunacy is going from 2 mana to 4 mana. And it's still it's still discounting everything by 3, but it's going to come out 2 turns later, and it's going to cost you 2 more to do it. And, and this is the one in particular that I've been seeing a lot of people saying, well, you know, the deck doesn't need it, and it's going to, it's going to see play anyway, and you still play it a four mana, I draw it, and I play it on turn four. Like, yes, those things are all true. Yes, it does win without it. Yes, it, it, it's still a card that you will play whenever you draw it, it doesn't matter. But, 
there's it's going to bring the average power level of the deck down, right? Because one of the things with it with a card like this that affects your deck in general is that the later that you can play it, the less the the fewer cards it's going to hit. We learned this with Pocket Galaxy, right? Like Pocket Galaxy was released seven mana, it saw zero play, it got buffed to five mana. It saw a lot of play. It got nerfed back to seven mana, and it didn't see play again until Dragoncaster got got printed, and you could cheat it out, at, you know, at six mana with a four four. Like, it, or, and also Tortolan Pilgrim was there, so you could play it out of your deck for free at eight mana, right? Like, these kinds of things matter, and when because because the thing is, you're drawing two more cards out of your deck. That's significant. So that means that's two fewer cards that are going to turn into, into better cards. So on average, you're going to be reducing the power by at least two draws. And then the turn that you play it, it's a lot harder to pay four mana to do nothing on turn four than it is two mana to do nothing on turn two. Or two mana to do nothing on any turn, really. Because like the turn you play, you're literally doing nothing, right? So like four mana to do nothing is a big ask. Like, turn four, there are probably going to be minions on the board. And you're going to have to decide if you can play those minions, if you can deal with those minions hitting you in the face while you spend four mana to do nothing and then hopefully get a better turn coming up. Right? Also, at four mana, you're going to have to choose between playing that or refreshing spring, spring water. You're not going to be able to do them both at the same turn, which means that you're effectively nerfing refreshing spring water to some sometimes by making you wait until turn five to be able to play it. Um, I, I think this is significant. Like, it, will the deck still exist? Sure, of course it will. At least until we get more cards in the pool. Will it be as good? I think it's going to make it at least more variant, and more variant and less consistent means that it will be lower power level in, in total. And I think that's a good thing. So the other big change is sort of, well, they're all big changes, but Sword of the Fallen is going from um, one, a two mana one three weapon to a two mana one two weapon. Again, this doesn't look like it's significant, but it is. Um, because like anytime that you have like an on attack effect on a weapon, like everything but the first one of those of those effects is free. So you're basically reducing it from three card draw to two card draw, right? And what, what that's going to mean is that you're going to draw fewer secrets out of your deck for free. Like, most of the time you would run six secrets and you'd hope to draw half or all of them off of the Swords of the Fallen. And then that just improves the quality of the rest of your draws dramatically. Right? Because you're not drawing a one-mana spell that doesn't do anything the turn you play it. You're, you're getting that out of your deck and improving the rest of your draws that will synergize with that. So having one fewer of those draws or two fewer of those draws because you run two copies of the sword is pretty significant in terms of you're going to have to draw some of those secrets and play them out and not just get them for free with a weapon. I mean, the weapon didn't do much, but it, it basically got them out of your deck and was a free card draw, right? And, and what that meant was you're, you're not necessarily going to be able to just run that anymore. Like, you're going to... You're, you're not going to have every draw be fire after you get the Sword of the Fallen because that's the reason that the, the Mulligan win rate was so high is because you get that down on two and you just start swinging and then you're guaranteeing that those cards that are coming out of your deck are not going to be drawn 
and everything you're going to be drawn is going to synergize with them. And you're probably going to end up with multiple secrets in play, which makes which is exponentially harder to play against because then you have to deal with all the interactions between Avenge and the other secrets and and oh my yag and 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 even just like as as a control player like when they have a sword of the fallen you are effectively either taking turns off or or having to have things to test for oh my yag for three straight turns at least those turns won't necessarily be consecutive right like they're still going to run six secrets in the deck but they may not get them all turn after turn after turn the way that you did with Sword of the Fallen. Like, having to test for Omayog oh on three consecutive turns was oppressive. It was really... It made it very hard to be a control deck against, um, against, against Paladin because you just would have to choose a spot where, well, I hope this isn't Omayog. Oh and of course it was, right? So um, I do think that, that reducing the, the durability to two will be pretty impactful. I think Secret Paladin is still going to be a thing. Maybe not Secret Librum Paladin because of the, the Penflinger change that we'll talk about in a second, but um, but the uh, Secret Paladin may still be a thing, but I think it'll be a little bit less powerful and more in line with the rest of the aggressive decks in the meta. And that, again, that's a good thing. It shouldn't eliminate the, the, the deck from existence, but it should bring it in line with the rest of the decks. And then the one that we are all waiting for is uh, Penflinger is going by loser and it's going to only be targeting minions going forward. And th this is this is huge. Like a lot of outside of outside of Librum Paladin, every deck whenever you saw Penflinger, it was because they had a lot of spells that were going to go face, right? You think about Weapon Rogue, you think about new now Face Hunters running it. Um, sometimes Demon Hunter would run it. Like any time that you saw that it was going face and it was just a lot of additional damage that was basically unavoidable. And that it only going minions and becoming a board control tool will mean that we just see a lot less, right? Like maybe Librum Paladin is a thing. I don't know if it survives this because like you really do depend on the Librams to get over the top and, and be able to, to get all the damage in, in Librum Paladin. I don't know if it survives this, but you're certainly not going to see it in things like, like Stealth Rogue and, uh, you know, Soul Demon Hunter and things like that, just because, like, who cares? It's a it's a board control tool, right? And and those decks don't care about board control. They care they care about face damage. So, I think that will, I you know, even if Liberum Paladin does survive this, it you should see a lot fewer Penflingers in general, just because it's not going to be good in any of those sorts of aggressive spell heavy decks. Um, I think a, a positive effect that that will have in general is it should bring the the game average game time down. Because, like, the games against Liberum Paladin in particular were just, like, really, really long. And, like, even... I, I don't know if, like, Watch Post Rogue even is a thing anymore or, you know, if the which is basically the deck with Field Contact. Um, if that continues to be as, as good as it was if Penflinger can't go face, I, that might be just because you might still use it for board control and for card draw on that deck. But there's also like an, an upper limit on how many times you can throw pens, right? Just because you're going to need to have minions to target and you're not necessarily going to want to target your own unless you're proccing an efficient Octobot or something like that. So, um, you know, overall the, the time, the game time should come down just because that animation takes forever and it gets played a lot. And and I think that's just a good thing for the game. Like, Penflinger was a fun card. I like, I loved the flavor of it when it came out. It just overstayed its welcome. And 
uh, this change is a good one and it'll just kind of disallow some of those decks from just being able to churn out an endless amount of face damage um, just by playing uh, playing a sequence of spells that otherwise wouldn't necessarily be generating face damage. I think that's a good thing for the game. I was surprised they didn't do this when they nerfed Nitro Boost Poison. That seemed like the right time to do it, just to kind of get the last couple of decks that, um, that were already there from continuing over into the new meta. Because, I mean, if you think about, like, Weapon Rogue is still sort of a thing, but certainly Liberum Paladin is one of, like, the, the big decks that we saw, like, a lot of last last time around, and it's it's just, it's it's enough already. <laughs> it's it's time to move on. So I'm, I'm glad they're finally making this change, and I think it'll be it'll be really good for the game as a whole. Um, one other, the, the less impactful nerfs, um, Jan Disparov is going from five to six. This is more of just, like, an acknowledgement that the spell, that the minion pool is just too good. And... You know, Barov for five mana is just a lot of stats, and it's really hard to deal with, especially when it's getting shadow stepped. And so that'll be a little bit. I don't know how much of a difference this makes. I think if you were a deck that was going to run Jandis before, you're still going to run Jandis. Like, this is one of the cards that I would probably not dust if I. Because I, I, this is the one that's most likely to just kind of be unchanged. But I think that it'll, even though it'll, it'll probably not affect how much it's seen play, it will still just kind of bring. The power level down because it's just going to be one turn later and then you'll have more things to deal with it like you'll have flame strike available right and and or like soul mirror like those kinds of cards that just aren't available on turn six you'll have them available on turn seven and so i think that this is a good change i think jandis was, has always kind of been overtuned like if you think about it giggling inventor was a five drop that summoned a two one and two one two um divine shield taunts and that had to get nerfed to seven and Jandis is somehow okay because it's a class card, but you know I think that I, I think this nerf is a good choice. Um, I don't know how much of a difference that one will make in particular, but at least it'll help a little bit. And then finally, um, the Far Watch Post and Morshan Watch Post are both losing a um, one health, so the Far Watch Post is going to a two three, and the Morshan is going to a three four. And I think this is also a good a good choice. Like I like those as being disruptive tools. But they were just really too hard to deal with, right? Like, four health at two mana, there are a lot of things that do three... A lot of spells that will do three damage. Like, Brain Freeze, Holy Smite, like, most of the Warlock cards. Um, there, there are, you know, a lot of those things will do three. There's not a lot that will do four in response to a two-drop. And then the Morshan, in, in, similarly, like, four to five is a big breakpoint both in terms of spell damage and also in terms of, like, the minions that you could play. Like, you might be able to rush that down for four attack, right, with a, um, with, with something, you know, like in a, in a Rush Warrior or something like that. You're probably not getting through it at five. So I think that those are both reasonable changes. Like, again, the decks that are going to play those will still play them, but it'll just make it a little bit easier to respond to them, Right. Like, it's, it, again, it's not supposed to nerf into the ground, just make it a little bit easier to deal with. And there's not really a lot of room that you have to nerf cards like that anyway. Just because, um, you know, like, it already can't attack, it's already cheap. Like, you can't really make it more expensive because it's just going to get unplayable. Um, you know, it, the, the stats don't super matter except, except when they do. But I think just making it a little bit easier to remove. Like, Farwatch Post stuck around more than one turn a lot more often than I think the developers intended. Like, it seemed like it was intended to, like, discount, like, make one card more expensive or punish 
a deck that wanted to immediately draw a bunch of cards, and now it, and it's just kind of being used as like a, deck, a card to just slow the game down for multiple turns because it's difficult to deal with. Um, same thing with Morshawn. So I think that'll that'll kind of open up some more play styles because I think a lot of the the board centric aggressive decks were kind of held back by Morshawn in particular. Um, so that this will kind of help them be able to kind of get over the hump. So what do you play? Right? Like, that's going to be the question. I, I would kind of hold off from Mage and Paladin for a bit and let those shake out. Rogue also, it was a little bit too good. Um, and it's going to be hurt both by the Watch Post nerfs and the um, and by the, the Pen Flinger nerf. Um, I think Zoo might actually make a comeback. I think the change to Morshan Watch Post might be... Um, might be enough to make Zoo viable again. Like, Zoo was really having trouble because, like, you just... They play a watch post and you just lose. Um, but it, at four attack, it's likely that they might be able to have enough power on the board to just be able to deal with it. Or, like, play one wrinkling horror and be able to trade it off as opposed to when it was five health. Um, Pri Priest is pretty good. It's been picking up a little bit. And I think that if it doesn't have mages eating its lunch all the time with, with the Grand Slams, and, and if you're not dealing with three consecutive turns of Omayog, then Priest might be um, an, a viable option. I think that uh, Control Warlock is, is viable. I was playing the um, the Delete Your Deck Warlock on stream Thursday night, and I had, like, close to a 50% win rate. And it might be that if the, if, if Mage, and Warl Mage and Paladin were, like, a little bit less ridiculous, that it might have been a little bit more viable. So I think that's worth looking at again. Um, and, and, you know, some of the more aggressive, like, like, uh, what, like there was a Burn Shaman that's pretty good that just kind of you know dropped off a little bit face hunter is already good um token druid is another deck that um you know both both far both, both the watch post and ogremancer kind of eat alive but some of the changes to the post might make those a little bit more viable as well um so there's a bunch of options and i think it'll be interesting to see how the meta shakes out once we're out of early access as it were um like these are all good changes i don't think any of them are really surprising and they all seem like they are, um, they're, they're going to open up the meta a little bit more. I think just having those couple of power outliers and, and really power outliers that are left over from last year. Um, I mean, Deck of Lunacy was an old card and, and Spell Mage was kind of a thing that was, that was there all last year. And then Liberum Paladin, obviously we're all familiar with. So having those, um, couple of power outliers from last year, kind of leaving the meta, um, we'll, we'll kind of open up some more options. I think there's a lot of room here. Um, like the first couple of days in the meta before Spellmage and, and Liberum Paladin took over, a lot of people were convinced the meta was broken, but they were all convinced it was something else, and then everything kind of solidified. So, um, you know, having the, those couple of outliers coming out of the meta, I think will be really healthy overall. I'm really looking forward to what Standard looks like the rest of this month. All right, so that's it for this episode. Um, I will hopefully be having Ridiculous Hat on soon. We have to figure out when um, to talk about the meta once that kind of settles down. Um, you know, so look forward to that. Um, in the meantime, you can find the links to for mentioned in this episode and every episode at offcurve.com. Um, you can follow at offcurve on Twitter to find out when new episodes go live. Um, if you are playing a Master Sword qualifiers. Um, or Masters Tours for that matter. Um, I maintain the Masters Tour uh, statistics at offcurve.com slash Masters Tour. Uh, so that's a free resource that I make available that you can also make use of. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at WickedGood. Um, I stream Monday evenings at 8 p.m. Eastern, except for this week. I'm going to be streaming on Tuesday this week because I want to stream after the nerfs. And um, Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Eastern um, and at twitch.tv slash WickedGoodFM. 
And uh, you can also join the Discord full of a, n a number of lovely and talented and handsome and beautiful and witty and welcoming people at um, discord.offcurve.com. So um, thanks for listening. Enjoy the new meta once we're out of early access tomorrow and uh, be good to each other. We'll talk soon. Have a good one.